You know how the rockabilly shit go. And then immediately intercut with a giant cut. Long Tom Saline, you know that song. I know how to lock my S foils in attack position, bitch. Vein, I was just, you know, like big throbbing, pulsing blue veins. Kurosawa movie, and you put it on the dubbing, I will slice your throat with the DVD. Hate singing, but I have to because it's awkward. Quiet. Oh, how are you? Uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Another day in paradise. Uh, yeah. No, I'm not. I mean, it's 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 Lucas's birthday tomorrow, so well, we got a couple. Like, as soon as I'm done podcasting, we were taking off. We got balloons to get and shit to get for the birthday party, and then tomorrow is we rented out the back room of a toy store. A local toy store, which is really cool, um, for his birthday party. Um, so there's that, and then Sunday, her family's coming up for birthday. So cool. That sounds fun. Happy birthday! Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's. I'm looking forward to it. It's just there's just uh, the older they get, the harder it gets. It seems like there's more. Okay, I want, I want, I want a party with my friends. Okay, well that's great. But then there's her family, and then there's my family, and I don't like those two families together yeah. because it's, it, it it just doesn't go good. No. So that means there's two separate family parties. Well, we want to also do it, – it's like – it's a – yeah. Yeah. How are you? Cluster. How, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm enjoying the last <laughs> week of my 30s. It's great. Everybody mm-hmm. keeps reminding me of it. My kids are like, Daddy, are you old and going to die soon? Like every day. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's always it's real, real comforting. The nice thing is, is once you hit forty, then after that, then people don't really care. Then it's like, well, it's awkward to say something because then it's like, well, you, you know, yeah, you're kind of, yeah, you're inundated into the old person club. So let's just avoid that that topic. Can Can I just take next week off, like from everything, and mm-hmm. just skip all interaction? Yeah. I remember we went to New York City for my 40th just because I'm like, I don't want, I don't want to party. I don't want to be around family. Just let's go to New York City. So. Nice. That's, that was fun. Uh, well, I believe my birthday gift uh, and my Christmas gift and my last Christmas gift and maybe my next Christmas gift. Uh, that was my eyes. Getting my eyes oh. fixed. So. There you go. You know what? Fair enough. Yeah. That's. Fine by. Except. Could- this this Christmas, I think Eric's getting Disney Plus for his Christmas. Even oh, though- that is gonna happen here, man. I, I'll cancel Netflix if I have to, but I want Disney Plus. I don't think I'm gonna cancel Netflix, but no, we're not that, either, that could but- be my uh, my Christmas gift. Uh, Sixty bucks, you we can swing that. Yeah, and Dad's Especially happy for, for a that- year, and we can all move on. Yeah, and the kids are happy too, right? If you think about it, yeah, that, this is the one. Yeah, this year I'm saying that's going to be my Christmas gift, and then from there on out, nah, that's the Christmas gift for the family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I mean, have I told you about my rib this week, or did I mention? No. Oh, I thought I broke my rib. Um, mixed martial arts, uh, last, not this last Tuesday, but the Tuesday before, this guy that he actually went, we watched him get his black belt. He's an extremely strong guy, and, uh, I... 
I did my break fall when he flipped me over on a defense move and I, I landed on my back perfectly and I did my break fall where you hit the mat and you, you know, you key really loud because you're bletting out your breath. Yeah. And um, good to go. I mean, he, 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 he drilled me right into the mat. I was fine. But the next day I was like, huh, rib doesn't feel so hot. And then by that night, I'm like, hmm, rib's on fire. Like, it's on fire. I'm like, oh, no. I'm like, oh. So I asked one of the instructors, I'm like, here's what happened. What do you think? And they're like, well, for that particular move, you, going up against him, you probably should have landed, tried to land a little bit more on your side slash hip slash back instead of full on back. Uh, he shouldn't have done it quite that hard. I'm like, mm, yeah, but, <laughs> but he did. <laughs> Here we are. So, but he, it, so it's been literally like I've been dealing with. It's it, it's not broken, but it it was heavily bruised, and so it's been healing. And I refuse. I'm stubborn. I refuse to not go to training. So. I get better, and then I go, and then it hurts again, and then I, it rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, and I'm like, I'm, 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 screw you, Rib. I don't care if I'm 44. I'm, <laughs> I'm still going. I unless it breaks and pierces my heart and kills me, I'm still going to go. <laughs> or you know, so, it could be just scraping up against your lung. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, if but, you're still walking around and you can. Because I've had bruised ribs before. It's the worst thing. Like, it hurts to breathe. Oh, it hurts. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I can walk around no problem. And then I mean, I, it probably just bruised. It's it's probably not even cracked. Yeah. But, uh, man, I these huge dudes, you know, doing jujitsu on me and rolling around. And I'm like, ah, and I'm like, I don't want to... I don't want to be that guy, you know. My ribs hurt. I'm like, just take it. Take it, Eugene, or stay home. If you can't take it, then stay home. Otherwise... Don't bitch. And so I just go and I don't bitch. Instead, I bitch about my stupid asshole neighbors. That's what I bitch about. <laughs> and, your you ribs, and your ribs Cheers. on this show. That's, that's oh, what yes. this show yes, is That's for. what the show is about, yes. So there's my bitch sesh. How about you? Oh, just run, run, running for work like crazy this week, though. It's good, though, because it's better when we're when I'm busy. You know, I hate it when yeah. I, I get a slow day or I'm just sitting and staring kind of. Yeah. Uh, but this week's good and busy and had plenty to do and probably will. I'm working tomorrow, too. For a little bit. Oh, really? Just for a little bit in the morning. Oh. We have to have an inspector come down to look at a thing every year, and it's easier to do it on a Saturday. Oh, okay. So that's fine by me. Yeah. Um, other than that, just been watching the shit out of Gordon Ramsay, because that's what oh. I do. Oh, I tried so to find good. that the other night. I was so... I didn't know what to watch. I'm like, we're done with the street food thing. I'm like... Like, oh, there's all sorts of cool horror anthology shows on, but I can't, I can't watch that. I'm just like, so I'm like, okay, there was an interruption. I would like us to very much try to not have a lot of goofs and gaffs and crap because it's Friday and it's going to be out tomorrow and I got to, I got to tear up my whole office at this weekend. And so I might be editing this all right after the show. So, hey, everybody, it's going to be a pretty edit light show. (laughs) So if you hear us. Doing our dumb stuff. Too bad. <laughs> yep. Like me texting my wife, can you turn the AC on? It is just roasting in here. That's oh. part of the problem I've had. Here, here's my bitch sesh. Uh, I've, I've been kind of miserable this week because I had a couple nights in a row where I got, I mean, almost no sleep. Because it was so, it was something with me. I don't know if I had a low-grade fever or something, but I was so freaking hot, I could not calm down, cool down. And I mean, I'm looking at the thermostat, and it's 68 but we have it. She likes to keep it set on the heater side, and I like to keep it on mm. the on the AC side. I'm right there with. I'm right there with and you. It, it's not yeah. that it runs. 
but it just oozes. And all through the night, I'm just feeling like I'm, I'm just sweating. Oh, it drives me crazy. But that's, that's part of this time of year, the transition from cold to warm. I can't, it's the same in the winter. I can't warm up. I can't cool down. And once I finally get into the warm, then I'll be okay. But I'm in that transition period right now and my ass is cooking. Right now I'm sitting in my office with my feet between a pillow and the register. Cause I have a pillow there so it keeps the noise down when we're recording. But I've got my, oh, and the AC, just cold air blowing on my feet. Oh. I'm like, oh, it feels so good. And there's nothing <laughs> happening here. Just stagnant, stale, bad breath air. That's what's in my office and it's Perfect. gross. Just gross. <sighs> okay, are you ready for the roulette? Uh, yeah. Oh, I, yes. guess, I guess I'm yes. Eric, by the way. Oh, and I'm Eugene. And let's go to the roulette. It's time to spin the wheel of the movie roulette. We dive in the ocean of cinema and try and find those gems in the rough. And on this episode of the roulette, it is the man who killed Hitler and then the Bigfoot up against Summer of 84. And you're up first, sir. Please tell me about Summer of 84. I would love to. Summer of 84. This is from 2018, directed by Francois Simard, I believe. And, uh... Anouk Weiss, I, I, whatever. Two really talented directors directed this, and they also directed Turbo Kid, which is great. This is better. Uh, this is right. This is t- like king of the roulette hill for 2019 thus far by by a New York mile. This is excellent. Uh, this is how you do a low budget movie, right? Uh, it is never boring at an hour and 45 minutes. Acting is great. Story is great. Uh, Twists and turns are so good. This very much... Basically, I guess I should get into the plot real quick here. Um, IMDb here. I'm just going to read... IMDb says it perfectly. After suspecting that their police officer neighbor is a serial killer, a group of teenage friends spend their summer spying on him and gathering evidence. But as they do get closer to discovering the truth, things get dangerous. And that is... That's the movie. Uh, with something like that, with a lower budget, you have to have good acting and good writing. And this movie nails them both perfectly. I loved the cast. I loved the dialogue. I loved the... I Honestly, it's, it's basically Stranger Things, but not supernatural. It very much has the Stranger Things and with the J.J. Abrams movie, Super 8. Like, it's... It's almost like... Yeah. I'm not, like, completely transformed to 1984, but they did a really great job of setting a movie. And Does that make sense? Like, yeah. I can tell the movie was not made in 1984, but they do a good job. I, I've seen a lot of crap that they try to portray their 80s in it. No. This, they did a good job. But I like that... Um, I, maybe my expectations were tempered a bit. I, they should have been pretty high, but... I was I went in for some reason thinking you know what don't don't expect a full out full blown horror movie and I'm glad that I went in thinking that because it's not it's much more a, like an R rated uh, Hardy Boys type type thing like it's a mystery type thing going on here uh, does that make sense yeah uh, which is so good dude it's such a great movie uh, actually uh, I actually was messaging TJ. Uh, earlier, and it's, I, thought, I was like, yeah, I you know pick summer of '84. That's what uh, for the roulette, and uh, he's like, oh, he's like that movie is fantastic, and so 
Yes, TJ, you are correct. That was a fantastic movie. The end, it, it they ratchet things up. I'm not going to spoil it, obviously, but they ratchet things up pretty well. Um, it was interesting the direction that they went at the very end. I, I I'm not going to say what they do in the end, um, but it was cool. I'm sure there. I, I can't imagine there's going to be a sequel, but I liked what they did with this ending. It was. It was unique, and this is a good movie, and I want these guys to get a bigger budget, although they have proven that they can do great things on a small budget. So, either big budget or small budget, you just, Francois, Samard, please keep making movies, because, cheers, you're awesome. Sweet. Well, I can't wait to watch it. Uh, Over on my side, The Man Who Killed Hitler and Then the Bigfoot from 2018. A legendary American war veteran is recruited to hunt a mythical creature starring Sam Elliott. And I'm happy to report this was also a good movie and you should check it out. It went against my expectations a little bit. I was expecting a little bit more of a exploitation-y kind of movie. And it does have moments of that, but it's a little more tempered down than I thought it would be. And I thought that, like... It would go, the first half's about Hitler, the second half's about Bigfoot, and it, it really wasn't. It was kind of, almost in a way, a couple of storylines intertwined, because it starts off in, uh, with Sam Elliott. He's an old guy in present day, talking about, um, well, and that's one storyline, and then it's intertwined with flashbacks of when he was in the war, and how he went and killed Hitler. I guess no spoiler, it's in the title. Yep. And... So there's flashbacks to that timeline, which it, this is very well done. I got so wrapped up in the World War II stuff that I started to not even really... I was like, when does this Bigfoot shit happen? Because there's like, you know, we're over halfway through this movie. And then, they, you know, the army comes and tries to recruit him to go after Bigfoot. Because, and the Bigfoot stuff almost felt kind of tacked on, but mm. it was still pretty interesting. And their Bigfoot design was cool and scary. I wish they would have set the hunt at night instead of during the day, because during... I mean, it just... It lost any kind of edge it would have had, or more edge, uh, or to maybe even become a little scary. Uh, and it's, a, you know, about a guy dealing with PTSD and struggling with the fact that he killed a person. And, you know, they. He... how much do I want to say? Because I know everybody's going, yeah, but it's Hitler. How bad do you feel about killing Hitler? Because he has a wonderful performance at this table where he sits down and says, yeah, I killed Hitler. But the whole idea, the monster that was him, rolled right on. That was not the end of the war. There was, Mm. like, three other Hitlers before the war was over. So he might have killed the first guy, but they had other imposters lined up. And why do you think he had the goofy mustache? Because it was part of his costume, so they could get other people into the role, and that machine just kept right on turning. So he had guilt about killing a, you know, person. It was... Very interesting, well done. That's kind of spoilery, but that was like the best scene of the movie. I was like, wow, I never thought about it that way. That was cool. Uh, Damn, it was pretty damn good. I I, For a roulette, I'm not going to kill myself to track it down on Blu-ray or something, but I would watch it again at some point down the road. And I think that you would get a kick out of it, too. Cool. I also like the way they presented the Bigfoot stuff, because... uh, the reason they needed a special hunter was because he had some kind of special blood that he, anybody that got anywhere close to this Bigfoot got infected with this, with a disease. Uh, so he had some kind of immunity to it. That's why they needed him to do it, which I thought was an interesting twist. They couldn't just, you know, storm the woods with a bunch of guns because 
those people would die. They're not immune to the Bigfoot disease that he carries or whatever. Uh, you know, so it, it was just an interesting idea. Uh, thumbs up. Okay. Okay, cool. Next round. Okay, up first is The Great Silence. This is Sergio uh, Corbucci's 1968 Spaghetti Western, one of the greatest Spaghetti Westerns of all time, in my humble opinion. This is on Canopy. A mute gunfighter defends a young widow and a group of outlaw, and a group of outlaws against a gang of bounty killers in the winter of 1898, and a grim, tense struggle unfolds, starring Klaus Kinski as the bad guy. This is a great movie. If you like spaghetti westerns, they don't get a whole lot better than this. It's really, really good. Next up is Triple Threat, and this is one. Did we ever have this on the roulette, or was this... No. We had okay. talked about it because, uh, yeah, it popped up there. Okay. Uh, this is directed by Jesse Johnson. A hit contract is taken out on a billionaire's daughter who is intent on bringing down a major crime syndicate. A down-and-out team of mercenaries must take on a group of professional assassins and stop them before they kill their target. And this is uh, starring Tony Jaw, Tiger Hu Chen... Uh, Scott Atkins, yay, Michael J. White, and um, a whole bunch of other people. But uh, the trailer looks fantastic for this one, and this one here seems like a pretty safe, pretty safe bet for me. So, there you go. And last but not least is Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer. And this one here is... Um, this is kind of one of those deals to where, um, how do I say this? And there he goes. There he goes. Well, I'm going to keep going, and I'm going to talk about Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, because I think he should pick this, but he's probably going to pick uh, Triple Threat. Probably. Henry, a drifter, commits a series of brutal murders supposedly operating with impunity. Directed by John McNaughton, and John McNaughton also directed... Uh, Wild Things, The Harvest, The Borrower, but uh, I have not seen the movie in a long time, and I actually plan on rewatching it because uh, I what I remember of it, it's fantastic. Um, Michael Rooker's in it, Tom Towles, and anyway, and he's ordering Mexican food for crying out loud. Um, I'll take a burrito, a chicken fajita burrito, by the way. And hot sauce with that. And refried beans. And rice. And chips and salsa. Okay. Um, Man, that's it. Uh, Those are my three movies. And he's going to be back in five, four, three, two, one. There he is. Can I can I have ninety minutes? Just ninety oh. minutes. I mean, the second I hit record, it's like blah, 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 phone calls mm. and dogs and kids and it's just. Mm. Oh. I tried. I'm gonna be down in the basement recording soon. Actually, yeah. no, I won't be because they would follow me. They, they never want to mm-hmm. go play down there, but as soon as I go down there, that's where everybody would want to be. Mm-hmm. And then ring, 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 text, text, text. Why? Yep. Why? Why? I. I'm... Yeah. Twenty minutes. We've been recording. I've got more action on that phone than all week. 
It's like it's it's insane. It's completely Ooh, insane. Freaks. Yeah. Well, I I threw the three year away. Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer, Triple Threat, and Great Silence. Okay, and coming your way. <sighs> this because I can't see. Embrace of the Serpents in the early 1900s. A young shaman in the Colombian Amazon helps a sick German explorer and his local guide search for a rare healing plant. Uh, Amityville, The Evil Escapes. I didn't even bother to look for a synopsis because it's an Amityville sequel. You probably know what you're getting into. And lastly, Wolf Guy, which I guess I didn't have a synopsis for. Thank you. This is... This is... Oh, bitch sesh part two. This is what irritates me about the week. I, I try to get anything done. Just anything. I just sit down and want to do one thing. Fifteen interruptions. What can I eat? Oh, I hate that. Oh, what can, the whole what can I eat thing? Nothing. I tell him nothing. If you can't find something to eat in this house, just you not starve. I wanted to look up the canopy synopsis of this movie because it was... More enticing than others probably will be. Here we go. Wolf Guy. One of the rarest and most sought-after cult films produced by Japan's Toei Studio. Wolf Guy is a bonkers mix of ultra-1970s-style horror, action, and sci-fi. Starring Sonny Chiba. He's a martial arts manimal. The last member of a race of werewolves and a big city private investigator, Sonny isn't friendly with the police nor the gangland thugs running the nastier parts of the city. Based on a manga... Uh, and never before released outside of Japan. I can't wait to watch this movie. Whether you take it or not, that's probably one of the next movies that I'll be watching. Ooh, there you go. I know you like when the word rare gets tossed around. Oh, man. All three are, to me, all three are safe picks. But Embrace of the Serpent is going to be the one for me. I've been wanting to watch that ever since it was nominated for Best Foreign Film... Uh, a couple of years back at the Oscars, and I know it's two hours long, it's black and white, it's subtitled, and I don't care. I think it looks so good, and um, I'm in the mood for... I'm in the moods for some high art. <laughs> Much yeah. like last episode. Yep. I'm going to take Triple Threat. I'm in the mood for some ass-kicking. I love all of those guys in that movie. Hell with it. Tony Jaw. Oh, Eco, you, yeah, 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 triple threat. Oh, Michael J. White makes it, oh, here we go again. Michael J. Yep. White. That's all right, I'm in. Okay, there you go. In the next episode of the Roulette, it'll be triple threat up against Embrace of the Serpent. And 10 oh. random cues from you, or what? What? Yes, well, uh, okay, so just a fair warning here. I don't have 10 because I figured that what I have will no, be it enough. No, it doesn't need to be 10. Oh, by the okay. way, uh, in between here, uh... On Pluto TV, it's uh, channel 603. Oh, that's Gordon Ramsay? Yep. So now, just out of curiosity here, so that's a new show that he has that is only on Pluto TV. No, I never said that at all. Oh, it's, so it's his old show, his it's restaurant? A, it's several of his other shows that just run in a loop. Mostly Hell's Kitchen, which I love. I mean, you can't watch out with the kids because there's just nonstop swearing. Uh, but it doesn't matter. It's hilarious and awesome. And uh, he does one where he goes and tries to fix restaurants that are failing. And that one also is really cool. And then there's one where it's his cooking course. And that one is fantastic because it's like he whips up these amazing dishes in minutes. Now, okay, Gordon Ramsay's a blonde-haired dude, right? Yeah. Okay, there was another show where this big hulking 
dude from the UK goes and fixes up restaurants. It was great. I used to love that show. You know which guy I'm talking about? No, he's not a big hulking dude. No, this guy was like balding. Like he, probably in his 40s, a huge dude. He's a chef. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, such a great show. And he he had an attitude too, but he would go to these restaurants and like whip them into shape. It was great. That's what he does. It's great. He yells at people and... People, I love it when people get in his face. It's like the dude has, has accumulated. I went and looked it up. Like over seventeen Michelin stars, and you're get you're failing crappy business. You're getting in his face about how to do things. Yeah. <laughs> the balls on some people. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it doesn't have to ran- be ten random cues. Just just random cues. Whatever. Okay. So I'm a little bit all over the place here. The first two questions are I I I started on a theme. And then I abandoned it after the second question. I'm like, okay, well, I don't know how where else to go with this. So after that, I abandoned that train of thought. And then I went with the rest of my questions, which all kind of flow a little bit more together. Um, but the first two are just, I'm like, oh, this is cool. And then I'm like, well, okay, I'm done. I There's, there's nothing else to, there, we can't go further with this, I guess. But question number one, what is your favorite performance? From a band and a movie where the band is not a major part of the movie. Now, this is like a lot of those older 80s movies will have a, you know, you can tell that the director got the band to play in his movie and here they are jamming out. Right. And I I can pretty well guess what yours is going to be because it was the first thing that I thought of. And then I got really hung up on trying to figure out another performance where the band was not a major part of the movie. So I've got a couple of extras here. Uh... I, I, yeah. The first one I obviously thought of was Lost Boys because who, who yeah, that that uh, saxophone player. I mean, come on, and everybody's yeah. just so into it, and they're like, "Yeah, look at him, it's amazing." Uh, <laughs> uh, but then I did some digging around the internet, and Marvin Barry and the Starlighters. Uh Back to the Future. That would be the one that I'm going to go with because that <laughs> had such an impact on me as a kid, and just oh, that was so cool. That that turned me on to rock and roll. And wanting to play guitar and awesome, awesome part of the movie. Now, here are my second ones that I don't know if they make the cut because if they, I don't think they quite. Soggy Bottom Boys. Now, their performance, there's a performance in the middle when they're recorded and then there's a performance at the end. But people are talking about them all throughout the movie. So that's kind of a big part of the movie, isn't it? Or no. Soggy Bottom Boys, which, what, what are you talking about? Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? Oh! Ugh, see, yeah, I would I would lean towards that being, they're kind of a part of the movie. Yeah, I agree. But that's a good one. That's a really good one. Actually. And if I could have a band that would is a big part of the movie that I, I would want to pick, Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, yeah. Because that, that, <laughs> I, I just, those goofy performances, I loved it. Yeah. Those are good. Those, yeah, of course, saxophone man from Lost Boys. I mean, my lord, that's a, a no brainer. Um, now, a, a couple others from me. I had, I had uh, um, drawing a complete but graduation day, the nineteen eighties slasher movie where I think you watched it. Where <laughs> just halfway through, there's this band that this awful, awful band that uh, plays at some party and it goes on and on. The song's awful. Yet catchy to where I'm like, ah, oh, it's this part of the movie where 
it fits for a little bit, but then they keep going and going and going. Like you're padding the runtime with your band with your buddy's band. Yeah, I vaguely remember that. And there's a ton no. of bad movies where it's just lingering on the overlit bar and the band that's playing mm-hmm. on. Oh, it's your buddy's friend. I got it. Yeah, but yeah. I don't remember what they are because they're shit movies. Yeah, one of my least favorite is the. Uh, like from my more well-known movie was Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, which I do actually like Halloween 2. But there's some rockabilly band in that movie uh, towards the end when when the girls go to this this complete shitty-looking party. Uh, and this rockabilly band is playing. And I'm like, okay, let's move on with it. Let's... You know how the rockabilly yeah. shit goes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, a couple seconds of that is fine, but not a couple minutes of... Yeah, you, I, I got it. You got your big string cellos or whatever, and you're... Anyway. Hey, how could we forget... Go, Ninja, go, Ninja, go! Go, Ninja, go, Ninja, go! Ooh, what's that? I should know uh, that. Turn, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. Vanilla oh, Ice. Oh. <laughs> now, does does Tom Cruise... Um, what, does Maverick and Goose singing You never close your eyes anymore... La, let me look here. Favorite performance from a band? Yes, no, that's a band. karaoke. Ah, uh, that is karaoke, but... They would win if that would be considered a band. Then uh, move move aside, saxophone man. Ah, you're putting karaoke in there. I don't know that could, that opens a whole new can of worms. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I thought that was a kind of a fun little yeah thing. Um, okay, second question here in this little two parter thing: best use of a song from a famous band in a movie. So this is we don't see the band or whatever. It's just a cool placement of a song from a band. You can like the song or not, but it, it's just something that fits well in that particular movie. My answer is probably going to bore a lot of people, but I have to be honest, it's the first thing that popped into my mind, and then I will tell you the other things that popped in my mind. Where is my mind? By the Pixies. The end of oh, Fight Club. That's such a great one. I didn't even think about that. I It works so well. Yeah, just the closing of that movie... It, you met me at a very strange time in my life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, <it's, laughs> buildings start coming down. It's great. Absolutely great. And then immediately intercut with a giant cock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was desperately trying to think of something for The Crow, because The Crow is one of the first things I thought of. That soundtrack is an all-timer. But I couldn't think of a great moment in that movie where the music, where it was... Anyway, great, fantastic soundtrack, and I'm sure that I've got a dozen others. If I had gone, done more than five minutes of research to look through my collection, vast collection of soundtracks, I could have found something else. Um, Spawn has an amazing soundtrack for a crappy movie. Um, it does, actually. Oh, it has a killer soundtrack. What else? Oh, I'm, sure I, I'm sure there's something I'm missing, but the Pixies was the first thing that popped in my mind. Yeah, don't help, kids. You know I'm recording. They're just laying on the couch. <laughs> Shut up! This is, what, this, this is what happens when we put a, uh, a time frame on the show. I know. It's, if, if, we don't, if we don't have a deadline, nobody, no, no texts, no calls, no nothing. Everybody's quiet. But if we have a deadline, ho, 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 ho. Look out. Yep. 
Um, what about you? Okay, uh, so the number one movie for me would be Killer Clowns from Outer Space with the song Killer Clowns from Outer Space from the Dickies. I love that song. I've grown up with that song because that's an 80s movie. And I I like that punk rock group. And that it's just wacky, weird 80s punk. And it fits... Uh, what's going on with... Uh, there's just... You're right. Uh, Lucas is coming in. He looks like he's in tears from school. Great. Woohoo! Oh, killer clowns. Okay, um, Top Gun, Danger Zone, of course, and Take My Breath Away. Basically, every single, every single second of Top Gun and every song and every moment in that movie is the best. Um, <laughs> so, no, no mention of uh, the fall break or spring break? I'm surprised that didn't make the cut. Oh, I'm not done yet. Oh, oh um, sorry. Yeah, Predator, and with Predator, that's Long Town Saline, you know, you know that song. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm great at remembering the words. But now that you mentioned it, uh, you're going on a fall break. <laughs> oh, I thought of another one. Do that bad, bad thing. Oh, there you go. Do that bad, bad thing. That's from... Um, Eyes Wide Shut. Yes. Ooh, that's good. Anyway, there. Um, this is a list that could go on and on and on and on. Right. But those are some... Like, immediately, Killer Clowns was the first thing that popped in my head. Because I, I still remember, that was that was back in the days when it was nothing but hair metal for me. And then I watched this movie, and on the VHS tape, uh, which this has never been on any DVD or Blu-ray release of it, there was the music video, after the credits, uh, at the end, there was a music video of the Dickies performing Killer Clowns from Outer Space. And we watched it, uh, my friends and I, and we're like, um, yeah, what's this? This is... This is awesome. Like, yeah, I remember this song in the movie, and now here's the band that's playing it. And I'm like, the lead singer has a sock on his hand, and he's acting like the sock puppet is singing. Like, I need to know more about this band, because that's genius. <laughs> the Dickies. The Dickies. <laughs> and then I saw them open up for, I think, Slipknot years and years and years ago at the Agora. And he had the hand puppet thing. I'm like, perfect. That's perfect. Maybe it wasn't Slipknot. But he, I, we saw them open up for a Rancid or some, someone. That seems like a weird combo. Yeah, it may have been rancid. But I do remember that he had the sock puppet on his hand. I'm like, oh, you're still doing that. And they sang Killer Clowns. So I like that I can say that I saw the band performing Killer Clowns in concert and all stemming from that great movie. <laughs> awesome. Okay, next. Okay, if you could live the rest of your life in any movie, what would it be? Now, I'm sure I probably could have come up with a better answer, but I gotta be honest, the very first thing that popped in my head... I'm so curious about this one. Star Wars. Oh, really? No kidding. And here's the reason why. Because if you're at a place that sucks, eventually you could just, like, get a ship and go someplace that doesn't suck. Didn't didn't think about that. Even if you don't have force powers, you could maybe find a lightsaber that some Jedi died over. Or... A blaster. A good blaster, yeah. Or any kind of numerous weapons that they have around that are really pretty cool. You could find something that... There's anywhere you could go. Jungle world, desert world, winter world. You have options. Yeah. I feel like even outside of the Jedi and all that stuff, if you're not one of the special ones, you could still find something interesting and expansive to do. So, that's I'm going to go with that one. Yeah, you know, because I thought about Star Wars, I'm like, ah, but it's dirty and, you know... Yeah, there's Sith after you. Eh, unless you are a Sith. You might be a Sith. You, know? you might not be either, and then nobody's after you. 
You're just yeah. a peasant person. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Well, that, did you have any others, or was it just one? I just kind of stopped there. I thought about some other things, but I'm like, eh, I, you know, I keep I kept coming back to that. I'm just going to stick with that. Good. Wow. I mean, it. it, it, it I just hear. I hear bang, banging and booming and barking. <laughs> okay, mine. Oddly enough, I, I bet you would never ever guess what mine would be. There's there's number one, and then I've got a uh, a runner up, which. The runner-up honestly should be my first one, but I'm like, I'm going to go with the first thing that popped into my head, and that is Tomorrowland. The actually, newer... if you had given me a guess, I might have actually gone with that. I oh, might have really? actually considered that because, well, you're the horror guy. You, you, you'd be a moron to pick a horror thing to go into. Yeah, not going to horror. No. But Tomorrowland, I'm like, I, I, it's kind of Disney-ish, but it's futuristic and positive, and there's... It's probably completely free of Republicans, and it's just, that's, I want to live there. Um, so, Tomorrowland, and secondly, would be Star Trek. Now, more, hear, hear me out on this one. This would be the Picard-era Star Trek. So, we would get that that crew with the holodeck, and because now we've got all sorts of, like, I can go to the jungle if I want, or the ocean, or whatever, all in a spaceship that is going across the galaxy i agree i mean that that scenario is really awesome too but not when faced with the star wars one and i and then one I huge reason is the uh transporter scares the crap out of me oh Be- yeah because of the theory that it kills you every time kills yeah. and kills and clones so you're like okay transport down to the planet you're dead and your clone yeah. is like wow what a trip i guess i'll go on my journey now and you're dead it's not you anymore yeah but uh, that would, be, and I, I think that I prefer the cock. <laughs> I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. Moving on. Okay, the next question. <laughs> no, no, finish the thought. Oh, woo! Um, the the Spock and Kirk and yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, no, just ah, it's like just big throbbing phalluses right in my face. It's, Smacking me across the face, and that's what I prefer. Just another, um, just another Friday. Yep, Friday night at the Weavers. Uh, oh, where, <laughs> where was I going with that? Oh, I just because I like, yeah. You know, then I could hang out with Wesley and Data and Number Two, and uh, I'm not sure where I'm going with that. I guess uh, I, I considered it, but if I have my choice, I'm I'm going Star Wars. Yeah, just just because I'll I'll take the more fantastical. Yeah, I actually considered. It, I'm like, how could I? Is there any horror movie at all? I'm like, no, there's no horror movie that I can think of that I'd be like, yeah, I want to live there. Which actually ties into some of my other questions here. Well, in, like, in the same vein, before we move on from that, I, vein. Um, vein. I was just you know, like big throbbing, <laughs> pulsing blue veins. <laughs> um, I considered, I'm a comic book guy, I considered comic book stuff. But mm. the problem is, if I go to Gotham, I, I mean, nobody can really bath Batman. I'd be some plebe getting jacked on the corner, you know? Uh, yep. That's why uh, Tomorrowland, it's happy and good stuff. And for Star Trek, for the most part, as well. Yeah, okay. Um, go on. M- moving on. Okay. You have to pick one place to survive for exactly 48 hours by yourself with no weapons other than what you find at the locations. You can use anything. I mean, it's whatever you find is fair game, but it is you, yourself, and you. Uh, A. Now, just gonna say this here, like you knew you've read these questions before we started recording, 
but I'm going to give you your A, B, and C choice. So these you did not know yeah, before. I didn't know any of the stipulations. I've got some ideas of what I would do, but, you know, the stipulation yeah. is a real curveball here. So Yeah, so here you go. A, the Nostromo, after contamination. Oh, You're alone, by oh the way. wait. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, this is way yeah. different than I thought what we were doing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> B. Okay, carry on. B, Hadley's Hope, after contamination. <laughs> That's well, I know. And C, uh, Schwarzenegger Jungle from Predator. Now you are by yourself in those situations. Which one would you pick, and why? Um, no weapons. I well, other than what I mean, I would have to go Predator. I th- I think that's the only survivable scenario, because you got nowhere to go on Hadley's Hope. You got nowhere to go in the Nostromo. She never, I mean, let's be real. She never survived that. And and mm-hmm. if I go to Predator land, I'm at least in the jungle. And if I realize the Predator only kills people with weapons, well, I have no weapons. I make sure I don't have a stick. Yep. And I can run to a city. Like, eventually I could make it to civilization. Yeah. On Hadley's Hope, you're on a dead moon. That's going yeah. to blow up. Yeah. And you can cover yourself in mud and he... Yeah, Mr. Mr. Predator can't see. I was I was wondering which way you'd go because you know for me like well Hadley's hope you know hey this little girl survived for seven days without you know whatever but yeah. it's like now this is only forty eight hours forty eight hours is how long you have to survive. I think I could make it in the jungle for forty eight hours. Yep. Now in in all if we're going to be super realistic about it, his whole team had a better chance of surviving than I did or than I would for 48 hours, because I would be bitten by some random weird malaria bug or something and die, but <laughs> in the long run. But I think I could make it 48. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And even the Nostromo, I put that down because it's like, well, she did, you know, now granted, you have to stay there for 48 hours, but in my mind, I'm like, well, what if I would somehow get to the escape ship and then just lock it up and that's where I'm going to hibernate for two days and then... Nuke the goddamn thing from orbit. <laughs> <laughs> that was the second movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I know. I, I mean, if you take away the jungle scenario, I'd rather be an alien than part two. Yeah, because yeah, you're right. You're on an alien planet with... You're screwed. At least on the Nostromo, you can take off in the escape ship. Or maybe you can hide somewhere. I mean, you can mm-hmm. get into a locker or hide somewhere that maybe you could... Yeah. I don't know. Just hide from the damn thing. Yeah. The scariest bit of Alien to me is the last bit where she goes for the cat and then she's trying to make it back yeah. because she's looking for the thing and can't find it. That is the scariest part of that movie to me. Even yeah. scarier than the thing where they're in the vents because you're, you're putting yourself in harm's way. You know the thing is in there, whereas the end, she doesn't know. It could be right around the corner. That's Ugh. true. Yeah, the thing, And here's the thing with like the Nostromo. I thought, well, they, you know, you're there with no, like, you show up on the Nostromo now. To me, I would say that they're like they had the little zap, didn't they have a zapper thing that they find out? Like, I, you could have, you could have probably used that if you had wanted to, like the little cattle prod thing. Right. I could have anyway. I could have forged myself some sort of spear or yeah. something. That, that, that's another thing that bothers me about movies in general is when they know that they have a thing and to to fight and well what, we need some weapons and well we got nothing. Hold on, we got this flamethrower and a cattle prod, and I'm like, yeah, y'all got pipes on the wall. Sharpen the end of it. You got something. I'd yeah. rather have a, a great. I'd rather have a four foot pole uh, than <laughs> than not, you know, just going in there with your yeah. harsh dick language, in, dick in hand. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, that was fun. Uh, next up, P 
pick one movie scenario based on real life to survive. And uh, I will, once I give you your options, I'm going to say what made me come up with this one here. Uh, A, a soldier storming the beaches of Normandy and saving Private Ryan. Yeah, that's out. I'll tell you right now. I don't care what the next thing. The next thing could be you're in Toy Story 4 going into the fire. I will take that. (laughs) Well, B, an army ranger in Black Hawk Down. Uh, or C, we were soldiers Vietnam invasion with Mel Gibson as your leader. Those are your three options. Which one would you like to... Um... I'll take Black Hawk Down. I, I think that that's a, maybe a survivable scenario. I mean, I haven't seen it in forever, and you're probably going to be like, well, they all died. <laughs> no, no, well, I mean, I just because I just watched that movie again, that's when I'm like, oh, that's a that might make for an interesting little discussion there. I feel like I would have the best... Most See, now this is getting problematic and... because this is w- real war stuff, and so mm-hmm. we're looking back on it. I don't want to make light of it, but uh, looking at, knowing what we know of those conflicts and those scenarios, I would take Black Hawk down because I don't know all the details of how they got the guys out and who lived and who died or what the numbers were, but I feel like you had a smaller amount of people trying to kill you. It was not one-to-one, like, you are charging towards them, they are charging towards you. Like, Black Hawk Down, you could hide behind buildings, you can move around, you know, you have some options. Guerrilla warfare, yeah. Yes, whereas opposed to Normandy, they're there, you're here, everybody's dying left and right. And what was the last one? We Were Soldiers? Yeah. See, that... Which which they reference in that Vietnam doc. I put a, that akin to uh, Hamburger Hill. Yeah. And I don't want is, anything to do with that. Yeah. I didn't even bring up Hamburger Hill because I'm like, well, everybody dies pretty much there. No. With, a- at any, least anything Vietnam. No, thanks. No, no, thanks. Yeah. yeah. But what yeah, about I, you? And I, um, I, I'm right there with you. Black Hawk Down, even though right after I watched it, I'm like, that was just grueling. But you're right. I mean, it's like you have a little bit more of a fighting chance. It's more modern. You got more modern technology on you fighting the bad guys. And it's like, it's one. Uh, it's a city that they just have to get out of the city. So get in, get the guys, and get out of the city versus we're storming the beaches of Normandy and getting completely mowed down by Nazis. No protection. No, nothing. Yeah. I'm, ugh. Yeah. But anyway, I just, I was curious where, like, what, what you would think about that or if, you know. Whatever. Cool. I like uh, this. Okay. Six. How's about another place to survive for 48 hours by yourself? A. The Shining Hotel. This is... The Stanley Kubrick Shining Hotel, and we're going to say it's real. And it's legit haunted as hell. B, the Temple of Doom. And once again, the Temple of Doom is real, and Kalaram is real, and he's there. And C, a rebel pilot on the Death Star. And this is, you're there in the Death Star, and you are in full pilot gear, Holy shit, how did I get here? I woke up and here I am in my rebel gear. How do I get out of here? What do I do? Ooh, uh, you threw me a cur- 48 hours of attacking the Death Star? You, that's a yeah. long, long damn yeah, time. You got two days that you got to survive in. Which which place would you pick? Okay, well, I have some questions about the Temple of Doom scenario. Yeah. Uh, am I Indiana Jones and I'm showing up as their guest to eat dinner? Yes, you are an out- You are a complete outsider. Do You're- I have... A complete outsider is fine, but am I Indiana Jones? Mm, because if I'm just a complete outsider, then I'm showing up like a dignitary or a diplomat, and then we can eat some dinner, and I can keep my dumb mouth shut about their <laughs> horrible past and go on about my way. You're or, not any... or do I have to be Indiana Jones and go, yeah, but what about all that time you enslaved the children and all that stuff, yeah. and which gets him killed? 
Or yeah, I would say you're coke. probably a little bit more like you're you're Doctor Jones. You're okay. you've got the whip and the gun, and you you may not be Harrison Ford, but you're you're Eric Marner dressed up just like him. <laughs> Translation: I get bit by a bug and I die. <laughs> <laughs> Um, or the wall comes smooshing down with the spikes and yeah. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't survive that either. Um, what was the first one again? Shining Hotel. And that is literally you by no. yourself. Nope. No, 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 no. That's out. That's out. Uh, I figured. I, I guess I'm down to Star Wars land again because <laughs> I've done a hell of a lot of video game piloting of X-Wings. I am, I know how to lock my S-foils in attack position, bitch. Uh, so. <laughs> Yeah, and see, I'm, I'm that's the one I would have picked because I'm like, well, I'm a rebel, rebel pilot. First thing I'm going to do is I'm going to try to kill a stormtrooper, and then I'm going to put that uniform on immediately. And now I'm going to just wait, 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 wait. What? I'm confused. I thought you said I'm a rebel pilot. I'm yeah. getting into my X-wing to go fight the Death Star for two days. How are no, you no, killing no, no, us? No, 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 no. You wake up on the Death Star, dressed up. At, you're in your pilot gear. You're already on the Death Star. There is no oh, okay, fight. Wait no, a minute, wait a minute. I, I miss, okay, wait. We got to start this scenario over because I <laughs> totally had a different. I thought you said you wake up, you're a rebel pilot, and we got to attack. No, no, you wake up on the Death Star, like inside the Death Star. Oh. Full rebel, full rebel gear on. So the first guy that see, first person that sees you, your or first droid that sees you, you you've been. Didn't, had. didn't you say that they were under attack? Like the no. I thought we were talking about the we were attacking the Death Star. Whew, so, that would be a long. That's why I said hours of forty-eight hours around. is a long freaking time to be <laughs> flying around, just in, soaking up in your own juices. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, you're you're on the actual. Okay, ship. so I'm captive of the Empire. Yes. Uh, yes. Okay, now that they don't know, they don't know that you're on the sh- they don't know that you're on the Death Star. By oh, the way. Just, oh, okay, I'm not a prisoner yeah. either. I no, mean, you've wow, been, this, sneaking, this was explained all fuckery. Yeah, um, <laughs> you're sneaking around. If you're caught, you're you're done. You're, they're going to throw you in the trash chute, and one-eyed Meg Griffin is going to eat you in the end. No, that's but, your escape path. That's where you want to get. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're going to torture you with that weird floaty... Mm, that's true. ...spiked M&M. But, um, so there's, there's I, still, I still would take that one because they would capture you first. Yeah. As long as you don't start shooting first. Yeah, I'm still going with that over Mull Around. Forget that. Yeah. Get that nonsense. I was, uh, I would go back and forth because, like, Rebel Pilot on the Death Star, I'm like, well, yeah, like, I, my first thought would be knock out a Stormtrooper because they all suck at shooting and put on their, their outfit and just wait it out. But then I'm like, but the Shining Hotel is so cool and creepy. I'm like, I could kind of see, like, if I'm going to go out, like, if I'm going to die, be kind of a cool place to die in. Like, hey, I died, I died in the Shining Hotel. That's maybe, kinda, maybe. Maybe you get to live forever. And you, exactly. Now all of a sudden, I'm a complete lush in the in the ballroom. So up oh, here he goes, and he's out, and he's pissed. I'm listening, and there we go. Yep. I got nothing, by the way. I'm not. I mean, I could sing Killer Clowns. Everybody know that the turn of the Killer Clowns. I wish I would know the word from outer space. Killer clown, wow, 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 wounds from outer space. Oh, thank God he's back. Oh, I hate singing, but I have to because it's awkward and quiet. Oh, how'd that go? Maybe I should just leave all this shit in so everybody appreciates what I do for the show. How about that? Uh huh. 
we'll have one unlistenable episode. <laughs> Judas fucking priest. Oh. oh my god! I mean, the dogs are literally running around the children and barking, and the kids are just like. And, and by kids, is it the boys and the daughter? Or right now, it's it... just the boys. Addison, I don't know where she went. I don't know where the wife went. I don't know where my Taco Bell is that she had to call and ask me to. I... <laughs> oh wow, that was a while ago. Your Taco Bell is. I mean, you're looking at some cold. Oh, I don't give food. a shit about that. I, that. That doesn't matter. Where are we at? What, what's going on? Okay, okay. And last question. This one here, it, it just didn't quite come together. But I'm like, ah, I'm going to put it out there and see what see what you pick. You've got a new... Oh, well, it's because the riffraff around me right now and the... We don't give a shit. The animals can... Whatever. It's communal. We're all washing each other's clothes and we're going to drink Kool-Aid after... Whatever. Um, <laughs> communal. We're communal hippies. You've got new neighbors and their family pet is A. The lead wolf from the gray. B. Church from Pet Cemetery. D. Cujo. Or... Well, how about C? C. Cujo. Or D, Man Bear Pig from Prophecy. I have a cat. Just, the, I, I'm taking. I'm taking Church. Yeah, just because it's the smallest one, it'll be. I, I have a fighting chance against that one. Yeah. The other ones, I'm shooting and or moving. Whichever one happens first. <laughs> if it comes on my property, I mean Man Bear Pig, whatever that that. <laughs> That thing is great. That thing is no bullshit. Yeah, because it literally is a man bear pig. Right there, there you need a you need some explosives, some high power yeah. weaponry to take that thing down. Cujo, but lead. I I had a neighbor with a Cujo. They yeah. and then they moved away. It would come sit on my, one foot onto our property and stare at my children like they were chicken McNuggets. Anytime they let that dog out, I would go stand in between him and my kids, just look at him like I will murder you. Yeah. It, uh, uh, St. Bernard is why I don't like big dogs is because I had one come after me when I was a little kid. <clears throat> That's why I like little dogs, because if my dog decides to lose his mind or go rabid and come after me, guess what? I can drop kick that little guy right into next week. Yes. No big deal. Same with church. Uh, bring yeah. it on, kitty kitty. You're done. Uh, but, yeah. you know, Cujo. And oh, Lee Wolf from the Gray. Oh, that, get, me, get out of here. No, no, hell no. Get out. <laughs> I'm calling, oh. I, see, with that one, I'm calling uh, animal services. You're not having a yeah. wolf. Come, come on. Yeah. Man, bear, pig, I would try to befriend and, like, literally, like, become its friend and maybe have some drinks or something with it, because man, bear, pig's awesome. I like how I'm arming up for man, bear, pig, but on wolf guy, I'm like, hey, no, yeah. I'm going to call up my <laughs> local services guy. Man bear pig, I don't even call anybody. I'm just like, eh, guess we're in a fight to the death now. Yep, where's my sawed-off <laughs> shotgun? <laughs> oh, but anyway, there you go. Those are my questions. I, I was trying to come up with a scenario where I could have the uh, the Antarctica thing place, uh, but... I'm I was like, waiting uh, for that. Like, I, honestly, I read those and I didn't even, the movie side of it never even came in. I was just like, hmm, place where I could survive 48 hours? Uh, Desert Island, sure. I could probably make it. And instead, you're like, Nostromo! I was like, oh, wow, this got dark real quick. Yeah. <laughs> but I tried good, to think of a thing you. scenario, but I wanted to, it to be like you were by yourself, and like with the thing, you have to have, that's part of the, the part of the joy of the thing is the other people that you don't know which one is the thing is they're slowly contaminating everybody. Right, that's the threat. Yeah. So anyway, hope that was fun! It was. Okay, recently watched. And you're up first, sir. Okay. 
Glass. Let's talk about Glass, because I know that you've seen it uh, a couple weeks ago, correct? Yes. Okay. And I wanted to... I mean, I knew that you had watched it, and I'm like, it's one that I, I have on my voodoo, and I'd like to talk about it a little bit on the show. So my wife and I watched it, and I am happy to report that that was a damn good movie. Like, really good. Maybe not unbreakable good, but every bit the equal to, if not better than... Uh, Split. Split. That's yeah. exactly where I would. What I would yeah. say. I, I think Unbreakable might get a slight edge, but you're yeah. all right there in the park. I mean, this is obviously for those that don't know. This is part three of the Unbreakable trilogy. I guess you could call it. But man, I was. It was two hours and ten minutes. I was never bored, and that's one of the things. Like with with Split, I was a bit bored here and there, and then, until the great ending. But here, I was like, "What is going to happen next?" I love that. I don't want to spoil it, but. Uh, just the direction that the movie took, I, I loved it. And I'm I'm stunned at why this movie is sitting at, like, 37% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, this is a really, like, the acting is good. I love the, they got the kid from the original Unbreakable. Now my sister's calling. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> nope. 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 Um, M. Night Shyamalan still, he's still got it, man. I... I've always he's another one of those directors that I've always rooted for, even when he made some not so good movies. I've always been a fan of him and wanted him to succeed. And he did. Man, Glass is a great movie. I'm still trying to figure out what people didn't like about the movie. I everything about it. I mean, I gave it four out of I gave it four out of five stars. And I, but even that, I'm like I don't think there's anything that I really didn't like. I thought I thought everything was great. Even my wife, she was like, we we split it up into two nights because it's over two hours and we're old. And she was like, I'm she's like, I'm into this. This is this is good. So she liked it much more than split. I think it's the second cycle of the M Night and the Village. By the time we got to the Village, people were like, okay, I get your shtick. There's a twist at the end, and then they watched it and they're like, yeah, fuck you. And this is terribly made. And did it? No, no, it's not really that much worse made than any of his other movies. It's Agreed. a perfectly fine movie. And then he got really weird and made some crappy movies. And then he started crawling his way back with better stuff. And people were like, okay, we like him night again. Good. And then he made glass and they're like, fuck you again. I don't, I, I don't. don't understand it. You liked it. You liked it too. Obviously. Yes. As much as you did. Man, it was great. I mean, that was, that was a great movie. I actually wish I would have supported that in the theater, but hey, I supported it on Vudu. I own I own it on Vudu. Cool. But okay. Um. Next up, oh, there goes man. There goes all the neighbors down to collect the. Ah. <sighs> it even just pisses me off seeing adults on little tiny scooters. <laughs> hey, hey! You live in Tomorrowland. You should be very happy about your adults on scooters. Yeah, I should. <laughs> oh, and now. <laughs> Oh, wow. And see, they, they take the scooters out to the end of the road because then when their kids get off the bus and they hop on their scooters and beep, beep, back they go. And so, like, I, we're seeing, like, adult... I'm looking at adult grown men on little... Good Lord. Okay, next up. <sighs> Dumbass. Um, oh, Pikachu! Pokemon! I'm not sure why I said it like that, but Pokemon. Me either, but can please continue. Yeah, can you do I the whole review it. like that? It's a Pokemon! Ah, don't do that. I already gave up. What in God's name? What? I mean, oh, something just crashed in our house. I, I, it's, this is hopeless. It's, 
<laughs> I'm just waiting for an atomic bomb to go off and save us gone. all from this bullshit. Now that's yes. not going to happen. It's it's nope. just going to be loud noises and. Mm-hmm. I mean that. W- <laughs> I'm sure whatever happened, it's a complete mess out there. And I, okay, Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Uh, Pokemon the detective and him and uh, no. What? Yeah. Oh, Pikachu is a detective. My bad. Uh, <laughs> there was Pokemon in the world that he's investigating, but Pikachu is, he's the, he's the, yeah, aka Deadpool minus the swearing is basically that's Pikachu in this movie. Um, this was a blast. I mean, total blast. It has some plot holes. That's fine. My, my oldest loved it. I thought it was great. The CGI special effects were great. It was funny. Uh, I know enough about the Pokemon universe that when certain Pokemon would show up, I'm like, ah, there's Rokichu, or there's not Horsey. Horsey wasn't in it. I wish Horsey would have been. Uh, Horsey is Lucas's favorite. I wish I wish Horsey would have been in it, but uh, Mag- um, Magikarp was in it. I liked that Magikarp was in it. And then Magikarp... Uh, at one point, there's this big battle with um, ah, the, the big dragon guy. What's his name? I I don't know. This is just Charizard. That's it. Um, so Charizard is there's basically this. There's a Pokemon land, and there's this purple gas that is making it's um, it's not worth going getting into, and I don't want to spoil it because it really is a cool story. But there's this cage battle with uh, Charizard. And then Pikachu gets involved, and this is like the highlight, like one of the big, the big scenes of the movie. And uh, then Magikarp is thrown in there, and then Magikarp evolves into this huge Loch Ness monster creature thing. And it was my, I mean, my kid was just like, "This is the best thing ever." <laughs> I'm like, "Yes, well, I love based that, that on my kids anime." Are, so I'm happy. I'm happy. Same here. Like. I, right now, they are so into that stuff, like Beyblades and Pokemon, and I love. It. I think it's awesome that they and they. I can tell they're starting to know that this is that type of animation. It's different. It's Japanese animation. I think that's great. But oh man, it's been nonstop Pokemon talk ever since the movie. And I'm all. I mean, his birthday cake is going to be a Pokemon cake or Pikachu cake. Well, I have a request. When they turn eighteen, I would like to be there for their first viewing of Akira. Oh, there you go. Because I'm sure that they will... I mean, seriously, like, they gravitate towards... And they can tell when we're flipping through Netflix. They can pick out what... They can pick out that stuff. So, anyway, I think that's really cool. But this was a way better than I thought it was going to be. And I... The first act or whatever, I'm like, oh, you know... It took, it, it took a little bit for me to to think that it found its footing, but by the time everything kind of came full circle, I'm like, ah, that was a good, like, a good balance with kids' movie and a movie that adults can enjoy, too. Right. So, anyway, it gets a thumbs up. That was a good movie. Hey, you, I think for that all you the bitching it. we've done about Netflix, there is one, well, there's a couple areas where they really succeed or really have good stuff. Come on with the anime, because they are mm. loaded with the anime. Yeah. Uh, okay. Over to me? Yep, back to you. I guess I'm looking at my notes now. I guess I didn't review Glass on the show. We had talked about it in private. Yeah. But, yeah, I really enjoyed the movie. I don't see where all, all the hate's coming from other than it's just... It wasn't cool to 
rag on M. Night for a minute, and then it all of a sudden became cool to rag on M. Night again, when he's just kind of doing his thing. I understand he made a couple, three movies in there that were shit, and if I hear one more person on the internet tell me about that movie Devil that he directed, I'm going to put a pen in my freaking eye. He did not direct that freaking movie, idiots. Uh, But, yeah, I understood that he went downhill for a while, but he's back doing his thing, and that was a... uh, Who financed that thing? Glass... Blumhouse. That was a Blumhouse yes. production, for crying mm-hmm. out loud. That movie did so good. <laughs> That's why one year I'd like to play the Fantasy Movie League where the budget is taken away from the total. So your total, it, it, you know, if you pick a smaller movie like that, you're going to get a big win. Uh, as opposed to, you know, you go with Avengers, you know it's going to make a billion dollars, but you're, you know, we cap at 200. Yeah. You know that's going to happen, but that movie costs 200 to make. Or more Glass, than that. Glass costs so, 20 million. Right. So you get zero. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> that would really change the game. Oh, well. That would, and it made over $100 million at the uh, American box office, and that worldwide, I think, $250 million. That's awesome. That That's great. And it I think it earned it. Like, it, that was a good movie. Yep. I agree. I agree. I totally dug it. I don't. I didn't see the hate. And, boy, that two-hour, t- that flew by. I it flew oh, by. Man, I, I felt it a little bit more with Split. Like, I remember watching Split thinking... Okay, it was still good, and then the end was fantastic, but I never was bored in Glass. Never. And especially Unbreakable. Unbreakable is fantastic. That might be my favorite movie from him. Uh, it is from me. And like Unbreakable, I didn't see it. I did not figure out the twist. That's why I like it better than Sixth Sense, because halfway through that movie, I figured out Sixth Sense. And everybody says, bullshit, no you did Yeah, I can point you right to the scene where I did. I've, I've mentioned it several times on the show. Yeah, It felt wrong to me, and I figured it out. And then the rest of the movie, you're like, yeah, okay, I get it, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, I get it, let's go. Good movie, it's still a good movie, yeah. but, you know, everybody just, oh, six cents. Okay, anyway, which I actually review here, why don't we talk about one of the most successful movies of all time in China, The Wandering oh, Earth. Oh, yes. I was hoping you were going to bring that one up. Yep. This like I said, one of the most successful movies of all time in China, and it just kind of very quietly, here, it's on Netflix, no fanfare, no attention paid to it whatsoever. Holy shit. I'm going to give it a watch because it's got a, it's sci-fi-ish, it looks kind of crazy trailer, let's check it out. Within five minutes of this movie, I'm in. I'm in, okay? This premise is bonkers. The sun is going to explode and engulf the earth, so they, all of the earth comes together and forms a one-world government, and everybody works together to build 10,000 rocket engines attached to the Earth to push the Earth to another solar system, that a journey that will take thousands of years. And they lay this out for you in the first five minutes. <laughs> I, yep. I, I remember texting you going, holy shit, this is what we're doing? I'm in. Oh, I gotta see this shit. Because this goes against many laws of science uh, that I understand. And... I would really like to hear, like, Neil deGrasse Tyson or somebody break down this movie and see if anything in here is anywhere in the realm of reality. Uh, because, obviously, you're pushing a whole planet out of its orbit and further away from the sun. Okay, so it's going to turn to an ice ball and everybody's going to die, right? Well, they bury down thousands of feet towards the Earth's core. Uh, and when they went outside, they had crazy protective equipment to protect them from the insane cold. Okay, they they kind of acknowledge that. I Interesting. Uh, let's see where this is going. Then they get a little too close to Jupiter, which starts 
sucking him into the gravity, and it, it's got some real bonkers stuff and some. This is by far the best movie Roland Emmerich never made. Yep, burrs. <laughs> I watched it too. I agree. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I, I thought the second half was better than the first. I thought there was a little bit in the first half. We might we could have trimmed back a little bit. Yeah, and I, it was a bit long. Yeah, there were a couple of things too that were kind of sad towards the end, but that's also um, not unheard of in Asian cinema. You know, it had some tropes of Asian cinema stuff. And I'm like, ah, eh, they do that kind of stuff. I get it. Um, but yeah, wow, huge sci-fi spectacle. If you have a good HD TV, you want to check this thing out because it works the colors. Lots mm-hmm. of CGI, but it was never boring. Agreed. Wandering Earth, your thoughts? I I totally echo your review on that. I I mean I don't want it to be where we're agreeing on every movie, but seriously, I'm right there with you. It's it was a hair long. I think that it could have been tighter, but the special effects were great. The story was great. Uh, I loved the uh, shots. Every now and then you'd see a shot of the Earth. They, they would have, here's Jupiter, and, like, here's the Earth, and you could kind of see the uh, the pull, the gravity pull of the Earth towards it. And yes. I loved those shots. They well, were it was beautiful. It wasn't the gravity. It was pulling the atmosphere. Yeah, the that's, atmosphere. That's where, the, yeah, so the colors were combining. It was so and, cool. And But I, I also, at the same time, I was sitting there going, wait, so you guys can build 10,000 rockets to move Earth to another solar system, but you guys fucked up the trajectory to get too close to Jupiter? Like, come on! <laughs> yeah. Yep, but you have to have some Roland Emmerich-y scenario in there somewhere, and that's it. Well, but- it, it's it, it's quite an interesting premise in that, too. It also opens up a giant doorway. You could have The Wandering Earth Part 2, and it's literally set a thousand years after this movie. Oh, yeah. And then it would just the Earth is still... Just trucking on across the galaxy, yeah. trying to find some place to go hang out. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I am curious about the fuel, because that's what the workers were doing on the surface, was gathering up rocks for fuel. I, I don't know. I didn't quite get what, uh, yeah. what they had figured out for that, but it sure seemed like, boy, 2,000 years, you're going to get there, and Earth's going to be a golf ball. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the budget for this was forty-eight million dollars, and I know this is a Chinese uh, production. Uh, it felt like a hundred fifty million dollar budget. Maybe At they least? just make. Yeah, it man, it looked good, and it again, other than it was a bit long for the subject matter. Yeah, that was a good movie, definitely. And this is like one of the biggest money makers of all time, and it just gets shit out on the Netflix over here in the States. I probably got a, a very minor theatrical release, but it's just weird how much money this thing made. I mean, it made so much money, mainly in China, but it it's a huge moneymaker. Like, one of the top five of all time, I think. I uh, mean, uh, internationally or just in China? Yeah, inter- internationally. Oh, I don't know. I'd have to look at that. I thought it was just in China. <clears throat> but, yeah, anyway... Good movie. Yeah. Uh, and and the thing is, uh, I started watching this in, I believe, I'm not sure if the language was Cantonese or Mandarin, like the, the original language. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, there's this is a dialogue heavy movie. And so the, the subtitles were just fast and furious. So finally, and I had texted you, I'm like, well, how are, are you watching the dubbing? And you watched the dubbed version and you were like, actually, it's not bad. So I actually switched to the dubbed version and there is... There is a little bit of that, uh, it's dubbed, but it was actually done pretty good. And, I, and 
I'm glad that I did. I was able to follow it a lot better because, and normally I would always choose the original language and subtitles, but in this case, I was fine with the dubbing and it made it, it would have been a chore to sit through that dialogue heavy and it just... Now, this this kind of movie, I go straight to the dubbing. Now, I'm good. This is just an explodey movie. Forget that. You pop in a Kurosawa movie and you put it on the dubbing, I will slice your throat with the DVD. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, next up. Hotel Artemis from 2018. Set in a riot-torn near-future L.A., Hotel Artemis follows the nurse who runs a secret members-only emergency room for criminals. Starring Jodie Foster... Uh, Sterling Brown, Sophia Botella, Jeff Goldblum, uh, Zachary Quinto, Charlie Day, Dave Batista. Uh, a lot of cool actors. And I, at the end of the day, I feel like I should have loved this movie a lot more than I did. It's okay. It's worth a watch. Eugene, should you watch this movie? Yep. And you'll be like, that was okay. It was worth a watch. I, It wasn't bad. It had some witty dialogue. It desperately felt like it wanted to be a Quentin Tarantino movie, and it just wasn't quite there. Batista was great in it. He was fine. Hmm. Uh, Jodie Foster was really cool. Goldblum's in it for a minute. And I just kind of didn't care about the middle stuff. It was just, eh, all right. You know, the other connections between the other characters and the audience. Like, all right. Okay. Oh, oh, oh. That's that's who that is, and they're to the this person to that person. Like, yeah. Hmm. yeah. All right. Dude, was oh, this a that guy got movie? killed. He got killed. Woo! Wow. Hmm. <laughs> All right. It was fine. It was fine. And that's not a great review for that movie. For any movie, to so just keep saying it's fine. But uh, Hotel Artemis, it's it's fine. <laughs> uh, what were you gonna say? Oh, um, was this a library, or how did you watch Hold this? Hold on a sec. I didn't say... Did, I got it. I did watch it for free. I'm trying to remember where. Hoopla. Oh, okay. I figured it was on, yeah, either a library or... Yeah, that was my first Hoopla watch. Back to you. Okay, so, um... Last round. Polytechnic. I watched this movie this morning. Have you heard of the movie Polytechnic? Uh, Netflix? Was this on the roulette? No. Okay. Amazon Prime. Uh, Polytechnic. Uh, let me find it here because I want to get it right. Polytechnique? Polytechnique, yeah. 2009? 2009. From director Denis Villeneuve. His well, first movie. Not what I thought it was at all. Uh, dramatization of the Montreal Massacre of 1989 where several female engineering students were murdered by an unstable misogynist. This was... Fantastic. I watched it this morning. Hour and 17 minutes. Uh, very similar to Gus Van Sant's uh, Elephant, which is another... Oh, shit. Yeah, it, this is a hard watch, but it is... It's incredible watching a director's first movie, and you can just... And you, I know what, what this guy's done now, and watching his first movie, I'm like, well, I can totally see why this guy is in demand. It's like... Following. Yeah, his yeah exactly. Chris Nolan. Ex- yeah, yeah. This movie is. Uh, um, what's the budget on this thing? It can't be much. But from I'll, the first, I'll try and look it up. Okay, from the first few seconds of the movie, I'm like, I'm hooked. I'm in. I'm in. Um, how it unfolds? It's in black and white. 
and I believe shot on film. It looks like it was shot on film. Um, it's grueling, but it's never gratuitous to where because this is this really happened, and so it's never gratuitous, but it's extremely hard to watch. Six um, million. The budget for Polytechnic was six million. Okay, and it that's bo- about right. box office one point six. Ah, that's this. I mean, it, it is essentially it's a bit more of an art house type movie, but I, I, the whole way through, I'm like, would you like it? And I'm, have you watched Elephant? I own Elephant, but I've only watched it once. And this is the type of movie where hard. I don't. I, I'm not sure if I could watch it again. It's it's so good. It's so well made and dev- just just devastating. And I. I like our show to be light and loosey-goosey, but I still, I'm like, I need to at least talk about, just say that I saw the movie and it is a huge thumbs up and it is on Amazon Prime. This actually was released on Blu-ray, I think in Canada and maybe one other place. And I believe that the Canadian Blu-ray is like long, long out of print. And I'm like, oh, I'll never get to watch that movie. And then it popped up on Prime and I'm like, so if you're out there and you have got Amazon Prime and you want to watch, it's only an hour and 17 minutes, but just be forewarned. It's not a feel-good movie. It's nope, but very effective and it's just very sad. But uh, it's huge, huge thumbs up. Okay, I always was... assume that he was uh, French. I, I wonder if he's is he French Canadian? He's French Canadian. Okay, he's born in Canada, Quebec. Hey, my there you people. Go. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> has he done? Any, I mean, there, I don't know if there's anything that Denny Villeneuve has done that I did not like. Okay, let's go down his filmography. Uh, August 32nd on Earth, Maelstrom, Polytechnic, Incendiaries, Prisoners, Enemy, Sicario, Arrival, Blade Runner 2049, and Dune. There you go. (laughs) I I have uh, Incendiaries. I didn't see that one. You know, and Maelstrom, I have not seen that. I guess that would have been considered his first movie. That was... uh... In 2000, after plunging her car into a river, a woman encounters a man who helps her come to terms with her life. Well, what about this August 32nd on Earth? That Wouldn't that be his first? Yeah, that's his first. Oh, that is? Okay. So he's August got two th- before Polytechnic. Okay. Um, wow. I don't know. But, I, but then I, you I, watch, like, some, then you look at some of the other filmographies, like the guy that I was railing about, or, or I don't even know if I was railing about it or I was happy about it, but... Uh, somebody on the roulette, he made a movie like in 1994 and then 2017 or something. Like, what took you so long? Whereas this guy, he's working. Yeah, he is. I love to see that, that he's got stuff in the pipeline. Man, he's There's nothing at this point that I would not watch from him. Even if it's, this goes back almost to um, David Fincher, where I remember when the... Uh, the social media, um, oh, what's the social media movie he made? Uh, the Facebook I, movie. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's, I don't have I re- my movies up right now because I'm moving all this shit out of my office to do the floor. Uh, <laughs> I remember when that social came network. out. Social network. And I remember seeing the, the trailer in the theater for the first time. I'm like, ugh. Like, I don't want to see that. And then directed by David Fincher. I'm like, well, well I'm going to see that. Yeah. Uh, but I still was kind of meh on it. And then I watched it. And I'm like, well, this is fantastic. There's nothing that I would not watch from David Fincher. And same at this point applies to Denny Villeneuve. He is, I'll watch anything the guy makes. Same here. And Christopher Nolan. Yeah. But anyway. Okay. Um, damn it. I can't find this last movie because of the, oh, you know what? Um, I was going to review Anthropophagus because I watched it last night. 
but I cannot find it because it's it's such a hard word to spell. I can't. Uh, so uh, I guess we'll review Happy Death Day to you. Uh, Wait, I watched part two or part one? Part two. I got that on Voodoo uh, because I loved the first one. The first one is great and slashery comedy, time travely fun. I got your anthropophagus if you want. Anthropophagus. Oh, yeah. Well, at least I can spell it. Yep, yes you can. <laughs> and I can butcher it. I can butcher it. Uh, it's all right. What do you want? You want to do the death um, day to happy death I'll day? I'll do to happy you? death day to you, yeah. Um, uh, so this is a an immediate sequel to the first one. I'm not going to really spoil it. Uh, but, man, I was let down by this. And it's, it gets pretty good reviews. And maybe it's because I... I was so enamored with the first one, and I love when they can make a PG-13 narrated horror movie that I genuinely enjoy. Like, The Final Girls is a great example. That was really good for for what it was. And Happy Death Day, it's like... And Krampus is another great example of a PG-13 rated horror movie that I'm like, yeah, I would have I liked an R rating, but I'm fine with the PG-13. The first Happy Death Day, which is a basically this college girl... Uh, is reliving the last day of her life over and over and over until she can kind of get her shit together. Uh, and it's kind of set in a slasher-type mold, like an 80s slasher-type thing. So I, I loved it. I thought it was great in it. Really funny. Really liked the lead actress in it. What is her name? Um, Jessica Roth. Uh, she's, yeah, beautiful and a great actress. And she's a perfect uh, transformation from in the first one of her being this kind of stuck-up, cheerleader type to, you know, a, a, I don't know. It's a great story, a great character arc for her in that first one. Well, here, it just everything about it felt a bit cash-grabby because the first one did pretty good. It's it's kind of Back to the Future 2-ish to where... Uh, back, wait, wait, back Are to they the revisiting two-ish. the first movie stuff? Mm-hmm, yeah. Okay. And it's like on the alternate realities and it they it's there is really no horror element to this other than there's a, a almost like at the very end we're like well shit we should try to make this a little bit horrorish i guess it's way more science fictiony which is fine but i just i didn't care as much and it just none of it really clicked it everything about it felt that like the first one did good let's make a sequel and it's not as good it's just nothing about the second one is as good it the they start with a really cool initial premise to where one of the side characters of the first one, now he's in this time loop door. He has to relive his day over and over. Um, and that's as spoiler as I'll get. But then they kind of go off on a kind of different direction. And I wanted to like it more than I did. If, I suppose if this would have been a part one, then maybe I would have liked it a little bit more. But it's definitely a lesser sequel. So... Gotcha. I've got them both on my Voodoo. If you ever want to check them out, I will sometime. The... I, I save it for October. Okay, the first one especially that was really fun. I, I tried to get to it last October, and I just I just didn't get around to yeah. it. But I will. So there you go. That's it for me. Okay, uh, I'm gonna hurry up and wrap up, and we're gonna do coming soon, and we'll get out in our time frame. Behind the curve from 2018. I wanted to talk about this documentary. Meet Real Flat Earthers, a small but growing contingent of people who firmly believe in a conspiracy to suppress the truth that the Earth is flat. Starring the idiots that are Mark K. Sargent, Jaron Campanella, 
I gotta be careful here. Some of these people are not idiot idiots. Some of these people are like, no, those people are idiots. Anyway, they're flat earthers and they're morons. <laughs> and this documentary was awesome. I think the final count was around uh, twenty uh, times that my wife, from her couch to my left and in front, turned very slowly. Stewie Griffin around to me to stare at me in the face. These, like, these people aren't real, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, they're real. They walk among us. They hold conventions. And they all gather about how it's, it's all fake. And it's all not true. And we're all being deceived by the evil NASA and science. They, in the beginning, he says, yeah, science, they just throw a whole bunch of math at you. Whereas me, us, look, look at, he points off into the into the background. See over that? That's Seattle. See those the buildings? That's Seattle. Well, there should be a couple hundred feet of, of curvature. We shouldn't be able to see those buildings. And then on to the next thing. Like, you dumb shit. Yeah, there there might be a couple hundred feet, and you could still see those buildings if if they're if, if, because of the curvature. You could probably see less of them. Mm-hmm. It, it, oh, it, it it's not. Like an infuriating watch. It's not one of those. It sounds like it's something I'd be mad at. No, no, no. It's not like that. It, we we were we were giggling like like kids because everything that they say, it's hard to explain. Here's here's another good example. They they got together and did some kind of GoFundMe thing so they they get this laser spectrometer or something or other that uh, I I don't remember all the sciency terms now, but they were going to prove that there's no curve to the Earth by using this. $25,000 science thing or whatever it was. And they got it and they set it up and they had to take a reading here and a reading here, a reading at certain times or whatever the hell it was. And they go, huh? Huh? Well, <laughs> that, that actually shows that there is 200 foot of curve between here and here. So clearly we didn't set it up right. We gotta, we gotta redo this science experiment by putting it inside of a trailer, inside a box, so it doesn't connect to the evil NASA satellites that are sending down signals to reprogram it to fake the curve of the Earth. And you're just like, oh, this is the opposite of science, you frickin' idiots. That science is doing an experiment and then taking the results of the experiment and making a conclusion or jumping to a idea. It's not getting the results and then going, yeah, yeah, I don't believe that. Let's do something else. And that's exactly what they do time and time again in this movie. They do an experiment and go, yeah, nah, I don't believe that. Let's do something else. It's, it's, it's a little maddening by the end, but it is a pretty good documentary. I, I've laughed many times, but, uh, they walk among us and they, uh, they also vote. Okay, Future World yes, from 19, 1976. Future World, the sequel to um, Westworld. Westworld, Cowboy World. Um, upon uncovering the dirty secret of futuristic theme park, you know what? Skip it. This movie sucks my nuts. It was boring and shitty, and I hated it. And it was, you know what? I'll give it an award for being more boring and worse than Silent Running. And that's saying something, considering I didn't like that movie either. Oh, with the robots up in space. You remember Silent Running? Oh, oh, and the trees and the moss and the grass and Bruce Dern and they got feelings. <laughs> and Peter Fonda here, just wandering, just lots of wandering around and talking. Not so much on the robots and the future or West Worlds. It. <sighs> I remember no, those. No, thank this. you. No, this 
sucked. It felt like a TV movie, correct? Like it it felt like nothing. It felt like wandering around and talking. And it's 4:30, so we got to do coming soon. Oh, okay. Okay. Coming soon um, for you. Coming soon for me is first and foremost waiting for me at Best Buy right now is my copy of Hannibal 4K UHD disc. Woo! I cannot wait. That is one Blu-ray release that was just shit right out of the gate, right from the get-go. Uh, the quality on that original Blu-ray is not good. Not good. And so, from what I'm seeing online, this new Hannibal disc is stellar. And this is 4K. I mean, I've got the criterion of Silence of the Lambs, and I'm expecting that this is going to look even better than that stellar release. I cannot wait. I love Hannibal. Uh, I love it. And so that's probably going to happen tonight unless my wife wants to watch something. In that case, it will not be Hannibal. It will instead be... Hi, maybe Frozen. She's been itching to watch that again. So let it go. Back <laughs> to you. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to bring up my hoopla and canopy lists. Okay, that Cold Skin movie with Ray Stevenson. I think I might watch that next. Oh, really? So then we're not going to save that for a roulette? Uh, it's not good. Oh, no, no. Uh, Return to Nukem High Part 1. I'm gonna wa- I am gonna. want to watch that again. Uh, Summer of 84. You've, you've pumped that up for me. I'll watch that. Excellent movie. Uh, In of the Damned on Canopy. That sounds interesting. I actually, that's on my list too. Wolf Guy, no, Wolf Guy. That, that, that shit's happening. ASAP. That, that's probably the next thing that I watch. Uh, that and... Channel 603 on Pluto TV, which is Hell's Kitchen TV. Oh, hey, another another documentary that I haven't watched yet, but it's one that one of us should at some point watch because I heard it's actually pretty disturbing. It's called, I think it's called Tickled, and it's about this underground society of people that like to be tickled. And I guess it's like, it's really weird and then it gets almost disturbing. Um and it's on one of those, it's on either Canopy or Hoopla, but I saw it and I'm like, oh, I gotta see that thing. But it gets really good reviews and it's not what you think. But it's, I think it's called Tickled. Okay. So. Uh, Violent I, Cop. Have you seen that? No. Is that? In his explosive directorial debut, Japanese Renaissance man extraordinaire Takeshi Beat Katano plays vicious rogue homicide detective Azuma. Who takes on a sadistic crime syndicate? Only to, are you in? I'm in. Like uh, that's yes, all I need. that sounds great. Um, Where is that canopy? Ah, oh, there's so much good shit on there. They're the, the loyal forty-seven Ronin. This is would be an old school kind of martial arts film. Timeless tale of honor and revenge. The loyal forty-seven Ronin. True story. A group of samurai who became Ronin. I, I, awesome. I'm in. Yep, me too. House by the cemetery. City of the Living Dead. Zombie. That greasy strangler. All on canopy. People, you can watch this shit for free with a good library cord. That's, that's another thing, real quick, uh, before I forget, is uh, going from Hoopla to Canopy. Uh, Canopy is the quality on Canopy is definitely higher quality, like a class or a class of '84, summer of '84. It felt like a really, really good standard definition, like really good DVD quality, which is fine. It's free, but watching something on Canopy, I. I didn't have any problem on Hoopla. It's all looked real HD to me. Oh, really? Okay, because some of unless unless that was just the way it was filmed. Yeah, that might be the case. Could have been in a uh, filter. Yeah, that's true. But I think that may have been the only one because I've been. I have to be careful because the 
you don't have many you don't have many uh, viewings, and then you're yes, out. Yes, yes. Don't use them all up before I the know, end of the I'm month, tra- or you're going to be. You're, guess what? I'll be getting canopy and hoopla roulettes, and you'll be getting Netflix. Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Woohoo! <sighs> <sighs> all right, we got to wrap this up. We're late. Okay. Uh, I. Oh shit! That that was not a that was not a good transition. Oh well, we're going to end it awkward. We got to end it awkward yep, somehow. We have to end it awkward. Um. Right. Hmm. I got a cold-ass burrito out there. It better be waiting for me, and if the damn dog ate it, I'll tell you what, there's going to be a murder up in this bitch. Actually, you're you're going to hear my order when you go to edit this thing together, because I ordered something as well when you were on the phone. Oh, cool. And so it should be out there nice and cold and probably... <laughs> Ready for the bacteria. microwave. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. was brought to us by evil NASA, creating those evil micro microwaves from their bullshit sphere Earth life. Mm-hmm. Yep, I'm. I wish you something I about watch that documentary. Uh, something about tickled, but I I got nothing. I got nothing other than just a yeah big throbbing veiny cock in my face. That's that's I'm it. I'm Eric Warner. I'm I'm getting smacked. Veiny veiny cock faced <laughs> weaver. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh huh. Yep. That'll do. That'll, <laughs> that'll do. Pig. Do pig. <laughs> listening. Hey, if you want to get a hold of the Movie Freaks, you can get a hold of us facebook.com backslash Movie Freaks Pod on Twitter at Movie Freaks Pod. Drop us an email, moviefreakspod at yahoo.com. Intro music was public domain by www.rutgermuller.nl.